why did Jesus have to die? It's a good question, isn't it? Because sooner or later, everyone dies. So what's the big deal with Jesus' death? Why are people still talking about it 2,000 years later? Truth is that no credible historian or academic debates whether Jesus did die. Uh, that much is a given fact. So I'm not going to focus on that today. Marcy's already covered that really well earlier in this series. What I do want to look at today is why did Jesus die? And more importantly, what's the big deal? What does it mean for us today? Was Jesus just a lunatic with a God complex who died because he poked the bear once too often? Or was there something more to his death? What if he actually was who he claimed to be? What if he actually died on purpose? And if so, to what end? Well, like so many things in life, the answer to why Jesus died depends on who you ask. Let's start with the Romans. At the time of Jesus, the Roman Empire was close to the peak of its power and influence. Not only were they the dominant geopolitical power on earth at the time, they were arguably the most powerful civilization the world has ever seen. And you don't build and sustain that type of power without knowing how to exert control over the masses. You see, early politics was fairly simple. Dead people can't lead revolutions. So standing up to the Romans tended to have a similar future to standing up to Putin. A very short one. Because it's much easier to stay in power if no one gains a following that they might be able to mobilise against you. And the Romans had a special way of dealing with enemies of the state. It was called crucifixion. Crucifixion was one of the most painful forms of torture mankind has ever known. In fact, the pain was so horrific, they had to invent a new word to describe it. Excruciating. Literally means the pain of crucifixion. So it's not hard to understand why the Romans were nervous about Jesus, because his message was that Yahweh was king and this threatened Caesar's authority. So the reason the Romans crucified Jesus was that he was seen as a rebel leader, a freedom fighter. He was seen as a threat to the empire. Then there were the Jews. Jesus was advocating an agenda which involved setting aside some of the most central and cherished symbols of Judaism of his day and replacing them with loyalty to himself. He even went as far as claiming to be God. Not only was this breaking the religious rules passed down from Moses, but he was drawing quite a crowd of people and teaching them to do the same. So the Jewish leaders saw Jesus as a false prophet leading the people astray. And their Jewish religious texts were very clear that false prophets must be killed for the sake of the people. So in having him killed, they only did what they thought their sacred scriptures required them to. In a nutshell, the reason the Jews wanted Jesus dead was that he was seen as a threat to their religious traditions. But what about Jesus himself? Because if you want to find out about something, it makes sense to go directly to the source. Here's Jesus' answer, as recorded by an eyewitness. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. While the Romans wanted him dead because he was a threat to the empire, and the Jews wanted him dead because he was a threat to their religious traditions, Jesus claims that he died because he intended to, that it was his plan all along. In fact, the very reason that he came to earth in the first place. Okay, so far we've simply covered the facts, the things that experts, Christians and secular alike agree on. So far we've just covered history. 
But the big question is, what does it mean to you and to me 2,000 years later? You know, throughout history, Christians have used the cross as the symbol of our faith. And this is a bit crazy on one level because in ancient culture, death was a sign of weakness, proof that you weren't really that powerful after all. In fact, even Jesus' closest followers initially thought it was all over when he died. So why would they draw so much attention to his death? The early church could have used other symbols, a crib to represent God becoming man, a towel to represent his humble servitude, or a fish, we know that one works. But instead they chose a cross, because without the cross, the ministry of Jesus was just a series of nice ideas about God and life, but it doesn't fix anything. Christianity, though, proclaims that something happened when Jesus died, something that forever changed how we relate to God, our Creator. As Matthew tells us, Jesus came to our world to do a task, and that task was to give his life as a ransom for people, for you, for me, and everyone else. And this sums up the reason he wanted to die. He came as a substitute sacrifice, a ransom for many. Ultimately, Jesus died because of sin. Now I want you to ask yourself, self, am I as evil as Hitler? Well, if you're like me, you didn't have to think too long about that one. It was an easy no, of course I don't think I'm as evil as Hitler was. Let me ask you another question though. Are you as perfect as Jesus? See, I don't like answering that one so much. I don't know about you, but I don't like to think of myself as sinful, because in my head, sin and evil sound like the same thing. I might be imperfect, sure, maybe even a bit sly at times, but certainly not evil, so surely not proper sinful. But the problem with my thinking is that I measure myself against other people. And since I can always name someone more evil than myself, Hitler, Putin, it's easy for me to believe I'm not in that category. But sin's not a sliding scale the way we typically think of evil. You're either sinless or sinful, perfect or imperfect, as perfect as God or not. There's no such thing as being a bit sinish, you know, not really sinful, just not quite perfect. Let me show you what I mean. This sheet of white paper represents perfect innocence. And this marker represents the stain sin leaves in our lives. It doesn't matter how small the stain is. As soon as the stain occurs, the sheet is no longer perfectly white. And being sinful basically means that we are not as perfect as God. I don't know about you, but I don't find it hard to accept that. And I have my family to remind me all the time that I'm not perfect. But you know, that's not how we were originally made. We were made in God's image, made perfect, made to enjoy God's glory and reflect it in the world. That's the Genesis 1-2 to two story. You know, Adam and Eve in a perfect and purposeful relationship with God. But this was shattered when they decided that that was not enough, when they wanted more, when they wanted to forge their own way, to be in control, to be their own gods. And people have been repeating this ever since, rejecting God's perfect plan and deciding to be our own boss. And this is what sin is. 
This sin corrupts the perfect world God originally created and permanently damages our relationship with him. And God grieves both the malfunctioning of the earth that this causes, famine, flood, extinctions, and he grieves his separation from us. So God came up with a plan to restore the earth and make things right between us and him. But since God is a God of justice, this meant the problem of sin had to be dealt with too. So the deal with justice is that justice only exists when wrongs are balanced out through appropriate reparations or punishment. This is why justice is often represented by a set of scales. Now, I'm a huge fan of grace. It's probably the thing I find most attractive about Jesus. See, grace is where you get what you don't deserve, in this case, forgiveness. And it's easy to fall into the trap of thinking that grace just overlooks wrongs. But it doesn't. Grace does not replace justice, it sits alongside it. And anything less than justice is not grace, it is simply unjust. So when a wrong has been committed, justice requires that someone bears the consequences. Here's how this works. God is a God of grace, so his plan was that grace would be extended to us so that we could be let off the hook. But for justice to prevail, someone else had to accept the punishment that we deserved. And the Bible says that the punishment for sin is death. This is why Jesus chose to die. He died to take our punishment because it was the only just way that we could be made right with God. Jesus died so that we could be forgiven and have a relationship with him. So sin is us substituting ourselves for God and God made things right by substituting himself for us. Jesus doesn't force this on us though. The punishment for our sin still rests with us unless we agree for someone else to take it. And Jesus will not take our place against our will. We have to accept his offer. So being made right with God was not accomplished automatically by Jesus dying. Jesus dying only counts for us if we put our faith in him and allow his punishment to count in place of ours. So I want to ask you, who's paying your debt? Is it Jesus? Or are you still holding onto it yourself? The good news is that you get to choose right here, right now. All it takes is enough faith to believe that maybe, just maybe, what Jesus did can count for you too. And to ask him to do just that. Let Jesus' death count as your punishment so that you can be forgiven and that your relationship with God can be restored. Now, if you're sitting there thinking, I don't have enough faith for this to work for me, let me ask you a question. If, as you fall off a cliff, you grab a branch, does it matter how much faith you have in the branch's ability to hold you? Or does it only matter how strong the branch is? Well, what matters is how strong the branch is, yeah. It's not the strength of your faith, but rather the object of your faith that saves you. It doesn't matter whether you have complete faith in Jesus to save you. It only matters that he is strong enough to save you and that you are willing to let him do it. If you want to accept Jesus' offer of paying your debt and making things right between you and God today, then as I pray this simple prayer, All you need to do is pray along with me 
and make it your prayer too. Let's do it. Jesus, even though I don't know everything about you, and even though I don't understand how this fully works, I want to accept your offer of forgiveness today. Let your death count as the punishment I deserved and help me from here on to live the way that you modelled. Amen. I know it seems too simple, but the reality is God's not trying to make it hard for us to accept his offer. He doesn't make us jump through hoop after hoop. Instead, he's desperately waiting with bated breath for us to let him save us. He's already done the hard work. And if this is the first time you've accepted Jesus' offer, then please let us know that we can support you on your journey of discovering him, because this really is just the start of the journey.